Call on that name. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. Oh God, we ask, oh Lord Jesus, in your name, allow the blood to cover us, oh Lord God. Allow that blood, that crimson flow, oh God, to just flow in our lives, oh Lord God. Oh God, from that cross, oh Lord God, down into our lives, oh Lord. Protect us, keep us, heal us, oh Lord God. We need you, oh Lord Jesus. Oh God, when we've done all that we can do, oh God, in our individual abilities, Lord God, when we've sought help, oh God, in every other place we know how, we realize, oh Lord God, all of our help comes from the Lord. We look to heaven, oh Lord God, for our help. We pray tonight, Lord Jesus, that you would just cover, oh Lord, this body of Christ. We ask, oh Lord Jesus, that you would heal. Oh God, we have several, oh Lord Jesus, that are sick and have been, oh Lord Jesus. We pray right now, oh God, that recovery, oh Lord, will be quick. Oh God, that healing would happen, oh Lord Jesus. We place them in your hands, oh Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, let the balm of Gilead be applied right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray it right now. Oh God, we need you in this world we're in. Oh God, it's filled with sickness, with pain, oh Lord God, with sin, oh Lord God. We pray, oh Lord, that this body of Christ would be a light. Oh God, a city, oh God, that's on a hill. Oh God, that a light that cannot be covered, oh Lord God. Salt with savor, oh Lord Jesus. In this dark and dying world, we need the body of Christ to stand out, oh God. In the name of Jesus, let us be that light in this world, oh Lord. Oh God, in a world filled with anxiety and fear, oh God, with depression and sadness, oh Lord. We need, oh Lord, of God, oh God, that we fear, for we are your people, oh God. We're called by your name. We humble ourselves before you. We pray, O oh Lord God. We ask healing, O oh God, in the land today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. O oh God, we want to, O oh Lord, when we've done all that we can do to stand, that we stand there for, O oh Lord. O oh God, with our loins girded up with truth. O oh God, with the helmet of salvation on. With our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Oh God, we ask for Lord Jesus that we put on that shield of faith. Oh God, and we fight this fight of faith with that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Oh God, cover us, oh Lord, in your Word. Cover us with your Spirit. That Word that does not change right now. Oh God, your Word says that it will stand forever. We realize in our humanity, we're nothing without you, Lord God. Our righteousness is filthy rags, oh Lord. Oh God, in this world, oh God, we're pilgrims that are passing through. Oh God, but we need you. We need your spirit to lead us, to guide us as we put our trust in you. 
We trust in you, Lord, with all that we have, with all our understanding. We give it to you to direct us, O oh Lord. O oh God, guide us with your word tonight, Lord, as we hear, O oh God, from our pastor, O oh God, and our first lady, O oh Lord. We ask that you anoint him, Lord God. Anoint him with your precious word. In the mighty name of Jesus, anoint us, O oh God. Anoint our pastor, O oh God. Anoint our leadership, Lord. Anoint every member of this church. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. O oh God, once again, we pray healing. We pray healing right now, Lord God. We know that you're able. We know that you're able, oh Lord God. Oh God, just as it's come in, oh Lord God, we know that your spirit will come in like a flood, oh God, and begin to heal and deliver every individual. Oh God, by your stripes, oh God, that you took on the cross, Lord God. Healing is happening even now. Faith is increasing, Lord God. The faith, oh Lord, in things that we cannot see, we're beginning to believe it right now. A full healing that when we step back in this building on Sunday morning, each and every one of these pews will be filled with fully healed individuals. Oh God, those that have, oh God, a negative, oh Lord God, result in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we thank you. Oh God, we praise you. We magnify you. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords, and we give everything to you. Oh God, let us submit ourselves to you and your word tonight. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To every saint that's online with us and joining us in the sanctuary today, we have several in the sanctuary, several that are online. We ask that you get with us tonight as we go into the word of the Lord. We want to hear from our pastor, and we want to hear the word of the Lord and, and be able to submit to it. And not only that, we want to be able to apply that word to our lives. We want to live this, and we, we're ready to hear the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Parks. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. He's worthy. And I will tell you what, I uh, feel great. I've had three straight negative tests. I came down with symptoms last Wednesday and uh, last few days just fatigue. But man, walk into the house of God. Don't you yes. remember that? Never, never forget that. Something about coming into the house of God and the presence of God. That there just feels like there's instantaneous healing. And, uh, and, and I feel like uh, I, I just feel so much better just being in the house of God. Praise God. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to study the Word of God. What's something that uh, this was what I would say when your sleep system's off and you're sick at night and the Lord wakes you up or keeps you up or something. And this scripture came to me. And I want to study it. I'm not going to give you the entirety of it, but as we go through, we're going to, we're going to understand it more. And I uh, and just wanted to throw this out there. I saw a little post from Sister Tolstead, uh, some, some of our miracle missionaries that they're retired now, but oh, they did such a work in Uganda. And uh, she said, when prayer becomes your habit, miracles become your lifestyle. Amen. 
When prayer becomes your habit, miracles become your lifestyle. And so I want to look at Jeremiah 16 and 12 tonight. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. It's great to see everybody tonight. And uh, I, I'm just what I've got here, uh, I don't know if Steve was able to just grab that little dot, dot, dot or not. But what I wanted to, I don't want to read the entirety of it. I want to read the entirety as we uh, go later. But uh, each one followed, this is the NKJV, and I'm leaving out some of it to fill it in in a few minutes. Each one follows his own heart. Each one follows his own heart. And what I want to talk about tonight is following your heart. Following your heart in life and in this world and in this society and in this socially uh, media-driven age and media-driven age in general. Uh, you always hear, follow your heart. How many has heard of that before? And just, just follow your heart, whatever your heart's saying to do, just follow it. And, and, and that can be good advice in certain situations, but it can also be very bad advice to follow, just follow your heart. And that's what I really want to look at here in Jeremiah 16. The first lady has been praying with me today about this, and I believe this is a word uh, from the Lord. So, so grab in and, uh, and grab your word, and let's look at this. Uh, follow your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour. And we ask God that you just allow your words to, to flow from, through, on us, God. Touch every life here, mine included, God. And, uh, and, and Lord, minister to each individual. Everyone that's present, everyone online, God. We pray for your presence and your power to, to come through this message and this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So let your heart lead you. Have you heard that before? Let your heart lead you. And, and I will say I've let my heart lead you before. How many? It's, and uh, I've let my heart lead me and uh, blindly followed it before and blindly followed it into some mistakes. Now there are times my heart was fixed on God. And I pray that's right now. And, but then if we all would admit it, there's times that maybe what we were wanting was not necessarily what God was wanting. And, and we were following after our own heart. And, uh, and society does tell us, follow your heart. And sometimes we can get to the other side of following our heart and it did turn out like we wanted it. Didn't, didn't turn out like we thought it was going to be. And, uh, and the, the problem sometimes I think in church is this mi mixture of following what, what you feel is your heart and following what is God saying and, and intertwining the two and trying to, uh, trying to be sensitive enough but knowing that, you know what, I, I feel this and I feel this and do y'all know what I'm saying? I feel it, but is it God? And, and I will, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, Sister Crutchfield, 
the Bible does say that he will give you the desires of your heart. So we have to make sure that when we pray, that we pray the will of God. Because if it's the desire of my own heart, the Bible does say he will give that to you. If that is what you want. So we have to make sure that when we're walking and when we're working and when we're doing the things of God, that we're seeking his will and not our own personal desires because the Bible also says that we're drawn away by the lust of our own flesh. And so when we can be drawn away by the desires of our own heart, that's where we have to always make sure that we're seeking his will, not our will. And I think sometimes... Especially, I, I wouldn't even say early on as a babe in Christ. I mean, even as an elder, I've seen elders make the same mistake. And it, it's easy to confuse God's heart and our heart with our desires. It, it's so easy to get those two intertwined. And that, that's what I was uh, trying to get out there. And, and we want something so bad. We want something. We, we get something in our heart that we want so bad that we think it's God. And we tend to ignore what God is really wanting us to do. I'm going to give a testimony about that. When we had first gotten in church, um, I was a paramedic, just like pastor. And um, I knew it was the will of God for me not to do that job anymore. I just knew that it was God's will for me to come out of that environment. But um, That's good. Let's come back to that. instead of, oh, you want to come back to that? Let's come back to the environment. I like that. Okay, um, so what I did was I started praying, God, this job, God, this is the job I want, God, this job, this is the job I want. I never prayed God's will because I understood, like, yes, okay, God wants me out of the environment that I'm in right now, so this job has to be the will of God. So I started praying specifically. I didn't pray, God, your will. I prayed, God, give me this specific job. Well, he did. I could not stand that job. I was miserable for the entirety of that job because, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so I made everybody else miserable because I hated my job. Um, because instead of praying the will of God, I just kept praying, God, I want this job, this job, this job, this job, because in my, in my head, I thought this job is gonna fix all my problems. But what I didn't realize, if I had prayed God's will, he had something even better prepared for me than this job that I prayed for that I thought lined up with the will of God, but it actually didn't. And that's where we can get to where we, slide, we hear the voice of God and we know the voice of God, but then we get our heart set on this one specific thing that might actually not be the will of God. It is a plan of God for us to you know, like it was the plan of God for me to get out of that job in that environment. But where I thought God wanted me actually wasn't. And so that's where we always have to make sure that we're praying, not my will, God, your will. Not my will. Shut every door, God, that isn't your perfect plan for me. Because then ultimately what happened was I left that job and the Lord opened the door for us to clean houses. So I didn't actually even have to go in to the environment at all that I came out of. So that was the plan of God. But see how I sort of clouded the issue because my heart got involved in that? And you know, it, it's so easy to ignore the signs right. along the path that God has given us. 
and, and let me say this. So your head set, your heart set, this is the will of God. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm following my heart. But maybe it's not the will of God. So without being confusing, just, just to throw this out there, I had this thought, is if, if you are following this path, you feel like God has said, this is the will of God. And, uh, or, or not even that. Let's move God out of the equation. You're like, this is what I want to do. How about that? That's easier. And, you know, th this, is what, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. This, this is my direction right now. I'm going to do this. It, it can be, you know, it's as simple as where you're wanting to go eat tonight to is, you know, to, to move into, I don't know, Long County or something. And uh, it's it, 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 so, so your, your, your head said on this, but I, I want to say that what I feel like God spoke to me was if, if you're on a path, the Bible says God will always give you a way of escape. If you keep seeing roads of escape, you're probably not on the right path. Does that make sense? If you see, keep seeing a, a way of escape, that's God showing you, eh, <laughs> you know, wrong path. But with those ways of escape, we have to take them. Mm -hmm. If God produces it in your life, and you're, you know, you're going down this path, and you keep seeing these ways of escape, we have to actually take those. And that is how you walk in the ways of God and walk in the Spirit. Because, but if you just keep ignoring them, yes, you're following your own heart. So just always remember, when you see those ways of escape, take it. Follow that path. Don't follow the path that you're on. So, so let's look at what our own heart can do if, it's, if we're not surrendered fully to the will of God, plan of God. 1 John 2, 16, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, I mean, it's all over the world. I mean, it's all in society. All that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. It's not of God. It is from the world. All and the world pass away. And the lust thereof. They're going to pass away. All those desires, all those things is going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth. And sometimes it's not always easy to do the will of God. That's really what, what I'm trying to say. It's not always easy because you got what your heart wants to do, what you want to do. And then sometimes what God wants to do. And those things are opposing each other. And, and, and that's flesh and uh, carnality fighting against what the Spirit of God and the Word of God in your life is. And, and, and so all that's in the world, and if you break this down, I, I'm just going to kind of break this down in 2023 real quick in, into three things. And so you can, I want you to either think one, two, three, or four, okay? Number one, men and women, Ourselves included have had these battles. We either love, first of all, admiration and popularity. Social media, it's all about it. We love power and authority, number two. Or we love money and riches, number three. 
And my question is, which one would you say is your biggest battle or four you're not really sure? And you can throw your, don't, actually, you don't have to throw it up there. But, <laughs> but, but you, you got to admit, when you were thinking, you were going through, uh, which one, do, you know. And, but everybody, some, some people that desire followers on, uh, on Facebook, maybe they could care less about power and authority. They're more interested in that, but... In, in the popularity aspect, but some people that love that, that can care less about popularity, they want the power and authority. And that doesn't have to be in a bad way. I mean, they don't have to want to be authoritarian, but they just like you know power and authority and position. And then some people who care less about power and authority just give me money. You know what I mean? And it's uh, in, in the riches. And, and, and so, but if you really break this down, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That really, I, I believe that's a good way of explaining that in 2023. And, and, and what some of those things are that people are battling today. And that people are fighting of today. And all that is of the world. And all of that is going to pass away. And all those lusts are going to pass away with it. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 says, and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's what we used to live like. That's what we used to be like. That's the world we came out of. God has filled us with his presence and his spirit. He has baptized us. We've been born again of water and spirit. Now we walk in spirit and in the newness of life. But it says in time past we walked according to the course of this world. Here's what that is. According to the prince of the power. Whom we also had our conversation in times past in the lust of your flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So ultimately, following many people's following their heart has gotten them in a lot of trouble. I've seen people follow their heart right out of the will of God, the plan of God. And uh, follow their heart wound up in a messy relationship. Every, every every way of escape, I'll tell you, every way of escape, God had a way of escape, way of escape, way of escape, way of that wasn't listening. Mine said, wanted this too much. Messy relationship, messy job situation. Uh, people, you know, job situation, people will lie to you. They'll tell you you're going to make all this money and you're going to do all this. And you, you, you go, you know, throw it, throw it all into that job and, and make a move or do something like that and you get there and whatever you know people will lie to you and uh, people make things sound better uh, than what they really are and your heart wants something so bad but God always makes that way of escape can I add to that um, Sunday morning brother Fowler had um, mentioned his job situation and instead of moving swiftly um, he didn't get himself in a mess. He saw 
things were happening. He saw things were changing. He saw things were happening. But instead of just moving swiftly from his testimony, what he said was he prayed. And he planted his feet and he said, God, he's going to wait because God spoke to him. And that's what we have to do. Sometimes don't just run after the first thing that pops up in your, you know, in your head because that might not be God. You know, that might not be the plan of God for you. It may look all glitzy and, and it may look all shiny, but not everything out there is for you. So sometimes, even though you know a change is coming and even though you know the will of God, um, something is, you know, something is happening, don't just run after the first thing that flies in your face because that might not be God. Because had he have just jumped ship and, you know, because he knew something was going on, he knew things were changing. Had he just jumped ship, then his testimony wouldn't be what it is because he had to pray about it and he had to wait upon the Lord and he listened to the voice of God. And that's how we make sure we're following God's plan and not our plan. You know, the fear would set in and easily make oh, you want to just absolutely. jump. You know, just do, do the first thing that comes up, safety, right. uh, something. That, that's how fear talks sometimes, uh, and, and he prayed. So uh, that was very encouraging and inspiring. It, it, let's keep looking at Ephesians 2 for just a second before we get to Jeremiah, which is where I want us to get to purposely a little bit later. But, but, but God, verse 4, who is rich in his mercy for his great love has quickened us when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Praise God. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. You know, the world and everything that's pushing right now is all about right now. Right. It, it, it's all about following your heart. Uh, you, you know, uh, it feels good. What, what is Nike slogan and just do it and, and, and all these different slogans in the world and all, all these different things in the world trying to convince you to ju just do something. But we are not living for this life. We are living to live in eternity with Jesus Christ. And we are looking to live in heavenly places and, and, and be together in, in Jesus Christ. That in the ages to come that we might that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, any lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. Now, Jeremiah 16. I, I want to kind of flip there for a second because this is really where I, I feel like God was showing me something and, and showing me something. He was showing me something from Jerusalem, you know, thousands of years ago to something and how it compares today. And, uh, and, and the people are asking the question, why is disaster upon us back then? That's what they're saying. Why is disaster upon us? What sin have we done? And the Lord says, the previous generation, and this is kind of what I felt when I was reading this scripture. I felt like that the first portion of this scripture was to my generation. 
And, and, and I know this was to this generation then, but I felt like God was speaking. This is, this is kind of what's going on now. It, it, it's history replaying itself. And, and, and what he said was, you know, and I thought about, I'm going to expand a little beyond my generation, you know, my, uh, our father's generation and our generation and our grandfather's generation. And then I believe it transitions and it starts talking to this new generation. I'm not knocking this new generation, not the people in the church by any means, but this is what life is like and this is how the world is going. Listen to this, Jeremiah 16, 10. And it shall be, and this is where I'm clearing up my dot, dot, dots that I had. It shall be when you show this people all these words and they say to you, why has the Lord pronounced all this great disaster against us? Question. Or what is our iniquity? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord? Then you shall say to them, God, God tells the prophet, then this is what you're going to say to them. Because your fathers have forsaken me says the Lord. Now listen to this, and this is, this is where I believe this is really uh, generated, there, there's a generational transfer going on right now, there's a generational change, and, and, and so I'm not saying which is the first generation and which is the second, what's the demarcation line or any of that, but, uh, but it, it says, your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord. They have walked after other gods and served them and worshipped them. And have forsaken me and not kept my law. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that I believe one generation opened the door to idols and things that have come in, let some walls down to some degree, and it opened up a floodgate. And when this floodgate, and you've walked after other gods, little g, and, and what are other go gods, little g? You've got to kind of figure that out for yourself. There can be a lot of those things in this world that we live in. But I know it's gotten worse, and the temptation has gotten worse, and, and the temptation for sin. Uh, you know, we open certain doors, but now, and he, this is what he says, and not kept my law, verse 12, listen to this. Talking to the next generation, he says, And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart. I'm in the NKJV right now. I just really liked how it phrased that. Each one has followed their own heart. But, but filling in all those blanks, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart. Now listen to this. So that no one listens to me. And that's somewhat, I believe, what the change in the generation that we're seeing is coming about as to where one generation opened up some doors that shouldn't have been opened and some idols came in, but they still loved God. They still believed. If you showed them something in the Word, they would say, you know what, wow, that's awesome. But we've got a whole other generation now. That because we opened up some of these doors, because we opened up some of these, am I making sense right now? Some of these passageways, now this next generation that's here is already following, they're following their heart. They're following their own evil heart and they're not listening to God. They're listening to 
what everybody else is saying, but they're not listening to God. And God says in verse 13, he tells the prophet, when you've got these two generations, therefore I will cast you out of this land into a land you do not know, neither you nor your fathers, and there shall you serve other gods day and night. If, if you don't serve God, you're going to serve other things. And that taskmaster is a lot worse. And that taskmaster, God is a loving God. But that taskmaster, when he gets you, oh man. And, and, and then this is what stands out. And this is so, we, we don't realize how powerful this is. It says, where I will not show you favor. Where I will not show you favor. When we are not following God. When we are not following his voice. When we're not following his word and his plan. We will eventually lose that favor that we love. That favor that we live by. That favor that, and, and, and I could share testimonies that you have called me about. Of, of how God worked things out. That's that favor that I'm talking about. That's the favor I'm talking about. And, and, and he's saying here, when this one generation opened up a floodgate, opened up a door to some idolatry, to some things that should have been shut, some things that we shouldn't have uh, allowed in, 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 into our families, our homes, our churches, different things. There's some things that one generation opened up, but now we've got a new generation on the scene that just plain and simply is not willing to, they're following their heart. They're not listening to God. They're not going to listen to God. I hope they do, but that, that, that's what he's saying. Nobody's listening to me, and therefore, this is what's going to happen. Uh, they're going to lose my favor. I don't want to lose the favor of God. Amen. Favor of God has been upon my life since I came to him. Since I was filled with the Holy Ghost, it's been beautiful and, wonder, and, and wonderful. And the favor of God only comes from the Holy. It only comes when you listen to the Word of God and when you pray. And I, I, I love how Brother Andrew put it Sunday. He was talking about uh, how he hears from God and different people hear from different from God in different ways. And he said, you know, I may not have audibly heard, but I've heard from him and I know of him. And I'm going to say this. One of the ways that you can know and you can hear from God is obviously pray, but study the Word. Read that Bible. And if you keep reading that Word, I promise you, if you read that Word every day, you get on a bread program, you get on something... You're going to hear God speak to you. Yes. You you are going to hear God speak to you. And just like Brother Fowler said, it may not be an audible voice, but that word, it's going to speak back to you. At a time that you need it, the word works. The word works. Amen. I promise you, if you get enough of it in there, it's going to, David said, I, thou word, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And, and if I put a, if, if I got enough word in that heart, that I, heart is overflowing with word, then I'm going to hear God when I'm going down a path, when I've got a direction to choose, when I got to make a choice, when I got to, the word's going to speak to me. 
the word of God is going to speak to me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. That word will also keep you out of these things about this Jeremiah scripture, um, allowing those gods in. When you know the word of God and when you walk in the spirit, you're going to know when something is trying to become a God in your life, a little g. You're going to feel that. You're going you're gonna to be able to compare that to the word. If you have enough word in your heart, you're going to know what the word says. You're going to know, like, you shall have no other gods before thee. You know, if, if certain things are coming in your life and... They're getting stronger than your worship to the Lord, or they're getting stronger than your dedication and your consecration and your faithfulness. If these things are coming oh, yeah. in front of the things of God, this may be a God in your life, but you're not going to know that if you don't have enough of that word in you that's going to quicken your spirit and it's going to say, you know what? Oh, that, you know, you have to be faithful. You have to be these things. You have to have that word in there that it can speak. So if one generation allows, the little guys to take away their prayer life and the little guys to take away their studying of the word and the little guys to take away their faithfulness to the house of God and coming to church and loving God and the little guys take away all these things then the next generation the next generation and I see a lot of parents and grandparents here how many would say you want your children to be saved and you want your children to have that favor of God I want my kids to have that. But guess what? In order for them to have that, I've got to make sure I shut some doors. And, and I make even I've got to shut some doors to idolatry. We gotta have churches in this hour that aren't afraid to preach the truth of the word of God. We we we've got to have people that are willing to stand for the the word of God and the things of God. And and, and so so what we've got to be careful of is our heart, our flesh, and our mind becoming interlaced with compromise because we've allowed this idolatry to slip into our own personal lives. I will say that the Bible talks about letting it sear your conscience. We have to be careful that we don't allow so much of the world in our life and in our environment and in our scope that we sear our conscience to what's actually right and wrong. Yeah. You know, and that's what the world would try, would love to do to the church. The, the world would love to dumb things down to the point that, oh, this isn't wrong anymore. That's not wrong anymore. You, you know, whatever. You don't have to go to the house of God anymore. You can worship God at home. You can. But the Bible still says, see if you don't know that word, the Bible still says, forsaking not the assembling of yourself together, even as much more as the day is approaching. See, if we don't know the Word of God, we're just like, oh, well, I'm just hanging out at the house. No, that's not what the Bible says. And the Bible talks about you have to have a preacher. I hear so many now. I, you know, I can do that. I can read the Word for myself. But it's the saving. It's the preaching of the Word that saves men's souls. It's not hanging out at the house listening to good music and getting your praise on. That's not going to save your soul. That's not the Bible. Seen people on social media criticizing preachers, preachers for preaching the word because they're wanting the world and society to promote alternative lifestyles. But the word of God doesn't change the word of God, and there's no way you can expect uh, me or any other preacher that's right to stop preaching what the word of God says because what your heart wants to do. Right. Right. Good. 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 
And, and so our heart and people's hearts and, and our flesh and our mind will be interlaced if we're not careful, compromising and, and, and changing, uh, changing and unstabilizing thoughts and direction. And all is driven by lust yes. and yes. personal desire. Yes. And, and it's going to have all these strands, as I was saying, of, of woven in of sin and of idolatry and strands of carnality and, and, and strands of if it feels good, do it. And, and woven with strands of what the majority in this life are doing and what's accepted by the majority in this life. That's the world. We're not of the world. That's the world. We're not of the world. It's Satan's voice and his lies and his confusion trying to come against the Word of God and trying to just, trying to, it, making things wax worse and worse and worse. Such Crutchfield found this scripture today. I want her to share some of that for us. It's well, as we were talking about that, and we're just talking about making sure you know the voice of God, the voice of your own heart, and the voice of the enemy. And you, the Word, you know, the Word is going to help you be able to identify that because God's voice is always going to line up with the Word. Your heart, not necessarily. Your heart is going to be up and down. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be these things that just, what feels good right now, you know. But the Word of God is forever stable because that's established. You know, the Word of God's not going to change, but our emotion about something is going to change. Um, you know, when you get sold out to something and you get sold out to the things of God, even though maybe you're having a bad day or you're tired or you're whatever, you're still sold out to that thing. You know, your flesh, your emotion, your heart's not going to change how you feel and what the Word says. And that's where we have to get to and just identify those, those differences. And, okay, let me, let me see how this lines up. You know, is it coming against the Word of God? Okay, well, it could be my heart or it could be God. You know, and you've got to be able to break it down to know his voice and to know the difference in his voice, your heart, and Satan. Because those are the three voices you're going to hear. You're going to hear your own voice, you're going to hear the enemy's voice, and you're going to hear God's voice. But you've got to be able to discern, what am I hearing? So I know which way to go with this. And the word, honestly, is probably the, the defining factor in all of it. You know, because the word's not going to change on you. All right. Um, 2 Timothy 3 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers. Now, hold on just a second. How many, how many feel like when this was written, it was written for the last days and the last times? And how many have to admit that we're so much closer to those perilous end times than what? When, when Paul wrote this to Timothy, it was Paul was speaking into the future, and I believe into our future. The Bible says, For men shall be lovers, men and women, men and women shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now think about these as she's going. Because if you, if you think about it, you'll see even more how much, you know, like in the 1900s, we didn't see, I mean, we weren't here, but, you know, 
It, it just wasn't like that. Even in 1970, when I was born, you didn't see a lot of these things. But as time has gone on, we're seeing more and more proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unholy, unthankful, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. How many times have you heard people that can't stand the church? We are persecuted now because they are despisers of those that are good and that are trying to do good, that are trying to do right things. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Man, that's another one of those. That's got to be one of those almost idols that's infiltrated the church. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power, power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort this is what they do. are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Yeah, in verse 8, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, the man of God in their life, and, uh, and, and the one bringing the word of God, uh, you know, the leader, they withstood him, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, reprobate concerning the faith, that they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou, and this is, where, this is where it takes a change, thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, the persecutions I've been through, the afflictions I've been through, which came unto me at Antioch, and, and what persecutions I entered, but out of them all the Lord hath delivered me. Out of them all, if we hold to the faith, God is going to deliver us out of them all. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen? amen. And yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're not, if you don't suffer persecution, you never suffer persecution, you're probably not on the right path. It's just, it just is what it is. It, it, it's, it's going to be part of a faith-filled life. You're going to have eternal victories and, and you're, we're going to live with him forever and we're going to live in heavenly places and he's going to bless us down here and his hand's going to be upon us down here as well. But can I tell you, you will suffer persecution if you live for God long enough. Why? Verse 13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom Thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast also known holy scriptures, which are able to... Now, do you see what he's saying there? You've known holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. 1 John 2 tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, there it is, that scripture we talked about earlier, 
lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. I'm so, I'm so tired of seeing young people picked on for their faith. Um, I'm so sick of seeing a young generation being bombarded with non-holiness and bombarded with all of the ungodliness that's going on today, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Break that down even more, the sexual immorality that's going on in our world and society, the drug accessibility that is out there right now, the uh, bondage of women and the, I, I guess the, the easiest way to say it, the sexual slavery that is out there on American streets right now in, in, in a country that, uh, you know, we've got all this technology, but we've got all these young girls that are being kidnapped and being taken away into bondages, drinking, uh, vaping, pornography at, at anyone's fingertip. It's not like it was when we were kids. It, 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 ain't, it ain't Mayberry anymore. And, and I mean, we're, when I was maybe a kid this size, if you would have given me a cell phone or something, there's no telling where I would have been. But, but now it's a different world and the riches that are out there and, and the education and the, the driving force of, of same-sex attractions and, and the pride that's going on. Pride goes before destruction. And, 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 and God, the, the people that are saying, God made you this way, follow your heart. But your heart, if it's after God's own heart, you know that way is not the right way. And, and you can't follow those lusts. And we've all had lust, and we've all had these battles. And the things that we've read tonight has pinpointed every single one of us at some point in time. And, but there are times that we have to learn to say no. And there are times, and that's one of the things we've got to teach our children. There are just times in life you've got to say no. You've got to say no to a certain path. You've got to say no to a certain friend. You've got to say no to a certain group. You've got to say no to a, a, a certain peer, peer group. Some th things that are pushing you in the wrong direction. Sometimes you might even have to say no to a job or where you're working because it is driving you to places you should not go and it's opening doors of idolatry in you. I don't know what those things are, but I know this, that there is a generation that's coming after us. There's a generation that's here, not after us, they're here. And, 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 and it is time, they are rising. And we in the church have got to show them if we can't shut some doors of idolatry in our life, how can we expect them to listen to God in theirs? That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Good. A generation is going to follow their own heart. And it's going to take an uncompromised church that will lead them out of the messes that they are following. We don't need to liken ourselves to the next generation. They're not listening to God. We've got to show them how to shut the doors 
of the idolatry that's been opened in ours in order to fix theirs. In other words, I got to say no if I'm going to expect my kids to say no. I got to say no if I'm going to expect my grandchildren to say no. Can I get a witness on that? Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've always been taught that whatever your line is, the generation following you will be below that line. And we, as obviously we're getting older, but for us that are in the church and have been in the church, we got to make sure our line is far enough that when they follow behind us and follow in our footsteps, that they're not falling in pathways that will lead them to destruction. Because if my line's not high enough, where are they going to wind up? And i got to make sure that I'm saying no to things that will send them to a place that they're not going to be saved. i got to make sure that my line is strong enough in the things of God that when they do follow, because they're behind you, they're following in your footsteps, that they can make choices that are gonna, they're going to be saved in the end. And that's our responsibility to the next generation. If the school system and everything else has been so inundated with sin and we allow them to just teach our children at will without us uh, making any stances, without us having any discussions, without us talking with our children, having Bible studies with our children, then it, it, it's going to be, uh, it, it's not going to be a pretty outcome. We've got to make sure that we take the stands we need to take in this hour. And if we do, if we do, Galatians 5, 16 and 17, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yeah. That's what we've got to teach them. That's what we've got yeah. to do for ourselves. Yeah. That's what we've yeah. got to teach them. Yeah. Walk in the Spirit, and if you do that, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Yeah. And, and if you teach your children that, look, walk in the Spirit, and, and, and you're not going to feel the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So that you don't do the things that you wish. In other words, there's some things in your heart you, you wish you could do. There's some things right now in every one of our hearts that's not good, that we're not supposed to do, that God's not leading us to do. And we've got to, we've got to deny that. We've got to deny that. It's real. And, and, and we can walk in here and act like we live in, in this cloud above everything else. But the fact is, there are temptations that are out there that are luring each and every one of you to try to pull you away. But you've got to fight. You've got to make, you've got to realize there's this battle going on. And, and I'm going to walk in the spirit and I'm going to fight against the lust of my flesh. I'm going to fight against the sins of my flesh and the desires of my heart that are not fixed on God. I'm going to resist those things because they're contrary. What the world's pushing what that school system's pushing, what that job's pushing, what, what social media's pushing, it is not what you need to be doing. It, it, it is contrary to one another, is what it says, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Romans 8 and 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. 
But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. I got to crucify myself in an altar of repentance every day. Paul said, I die daily. We got to die daily because these things are fighting against your heart. These things are fighting against your mind. They, they, they want to convince you that they're right. Jeremiah, it's okay. But this is... If we move forward and we skip into Jeremiah 17 from 16, 21, and I just want to kind of close with this. The first lady has anything to say after she can. But thus saith the Lord, take heed to yourselves. Bear no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem. Neither carry forth the burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day. Neither do you any work by hallow the Sabbath day as I commanded your fathers. And, and, and this is what verse 23 says, but they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their necks stiff that they might not hear nor receive instruction. I need instruction. We need instruction. We need to follow after the Word of God and the will of God, even in turbulent times, even in times when immorality is so prevalent. And what's that mean? I mean, it's all over. It's all over televisions. It's all over. You click on the YouTube video. It's all over there. It's all over your Facebook and social media. Can these things be used for the glory of God and the King? Absolutely. Yes. I'm not saying. That these are all bad. I'm saying that you better have enough conviction to not open up doors of idolatry. And, and, hey, check this out. And it doesn't agree with the word of God. I don't need to be checking it out. Amen. And does that make sense? And, and, and the problem is, if we ignore that and we're showing them to our neighbor and our children are watching us show this and it doesn't agree with this, then our kids are going to walk to their friends when you're not around and they're going to say, check this out. And that's going to multiply and open up a door. Well, my daddy did it. My mommy did it. My grandpa did it or my grandma did it. We've got to listen in this hour. We've got to follow not our own heart, but the heart of God. We've got to make sure we got to say no to some things. We got to listen, and, and and we've got to start listening more and more every day, and, and make sure that we are not the one that this falls with, but that we carry something and pass something to this next generation. And one of those things has to be how to say no. It has to be how to say no. It has to be how to listen to conviction. It has to be how we have conversations with them. And not and, and most of them, you know, when they get a certain age, they're going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we've got to come out a little different. You've got to try something a little different. And, and, and you got to, you know, if one way, 
you know, if pounding ground's not working, you, know, you gotta find you gotta find a different path. But get that word through there with love, and and get that word through there to that next generation, so that when they are praying, they are listening and not not listening. God wants to speak to them. God is angry when we don't listen, when they don't listen. But we've got to convince our children, our grandchildren, our generation, the next generation. We've got to listen to the voice of God, not to our own heart. Amen. Amen. Can we stand tonight or kneel or whatever you desire to do? Could you take a moment? Make, a, make an altar if you, if you want to come up to the altar and talk to God you're more than welcome to do that but just Lord uh, uh, let us be the generation that closes doors on the idolatry not opens God let us be a, a church Lord that shows our children the way not any way and God that we hear your voice in this hour I pray over these parents right now, God, that you give them wisdom beyond their years. God, that you speak into their hearts. I pray for grandparents that, that they're able to, to help their grandchildren and, and, and say the right things. Lord, help, help us, God, and help us to go back in anything that we've opened that we shouldn't have opened. Anything that we need to shut that we haven't shut, let us shut it. God, anything that that has pulled us or drawn us away from you, God. Uh, let, let us know things that are not good for us, God. Let us realize that and let us pull away from those things that are not good for us and let us cleave to those things which are right and which are holy and which are righteous in this hour. Oh, we exalt you. We love you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
They didn't listen to him because they were following their own evil hearts. God, let that not be said of ours. Let not that be said of those coming on the scene, God. But God, inspire them and encourage them to not follow the voices of the world and not follow everything the internet's saying and not follow all the social media that's that's bombarding their mind in this hour and not not listening to all the devices and the TikToking and all of those things, God, but let them let them first hear you and your word. And what your word's saying in this hour, Jesus. And what your word's speaking into our life and into our hearts. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. You're amazing, you're great, and great to be praised. God, we just come before you tonight. Scripture to my mind as they were teaching. But ye are a chosen generation. Yes. We are that chosen generation to make the difference for those that come after us. Yes. Sister Crutchfield said we got to raise that bar up high so that as our families are reaching towards it, it brought to my uh, my thoughts. Uh, I was about to say yeah, not predisposition. Their predisposition, but how when someone in the family has maybe heart disease or uh, has uh, high blood pressure, a certain percentage of those that follow after that family member will have high blood pressure or, you know, they are, what would be the word? Uh, genetic predisposition. Genetic predisposition, yeah. 
And so we, we, we talk about that type of predisposition in substance use and alcohol use. Mm -hmm. And if you ever try it, then you right. will have that. If you ever try alcohol and you have that predisposition in your yes. family, yes. it's very likely that you will have to. Right. Right. And uh, it's just about 20-something percent. But that 20% is above the 0% for those that don't have predisposition. And so I was thinking, we are a chosen generation. We've been chosen to raise that bar up high. So that it's so high. And another thing you brought up is because a family drinks or they use illicit drugs in the household, to the family that makes it common. That when they grow up, it's okay. You know, dad drinks. Dad smoke, you know, and so that makes it more common that that individual is going to try. Mm -hmm. So we, as this chosen generation, as this royal priesthood, yes. as this holy nation, yes. we've got to raise that bar up high for those that come after us. I appreciate that word, yes. that word yes. of conviction for me in my house to live more holy, to live more righteous, to read the word, to pray. To have Bible studies and for for us to be that example to our families. What a what a great word for us to leave here with on a Tuesday and for our lives to be changed from this point forward. You know, and, and he was just open. Uh, she was just open and honest about examples in their lives of where the Lord had led them and made ways of escape and times when they did not take it. And those things that draw us and I'm thankful for that, that transparency. I really appreciate you being open to your word. We're going to pray it over the word. It's raining outside now. Uh, so we're going to make our way to our vehicles and get out of here for those that are here in the sanctuary. But before we do, we want to have an opportunity to give to the Lord. We're going to pray over the offering, and then we're going to pray for each and every one of you, those that are joining us online, Lord. We thank you for your word, O oh Lord God. We who once were not a people, we are a people now, O oh Lord God. O oh God, if we don't have to leave here with fear of what the world has for us, O oh God, because we can leave here strong, knowing that your spirit abides with us, O oh Lord. Let us not leave here, O oh Lord God, attached to the lust of this world, but let us be that light, Lord, separated and sanctified and holy before this world. Oh God, we pray right now that you would bless every family, bless them with healing, bless them with salvation, bless them with deliverance, oh Lord God. We ask, oh Lord, that you bless this offering that's coming before you now. Oh God, the tithe and the offering. Oh God, that it would be blessed to an increase for what has to happen in your kingdom. And bless each and every family that gives. Bless us as we go. Protect us and keep us until we come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come give in the offering and you're dismissed in Jesus' name. We do want to give the opportunity.